the baptism of Billy Ray Stoddard. That's the title of my message this morning. So turn with me to the sixth chapter of the book of of, um, of Romans. Romans. Let's stand as we read the, the text for today. I'm, I'm going to read the first uh, 14 verses, so bear with me as I read the first 14 verses of this text here this morning. Uh, 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 Romans 6. Now this will be, this will be, uh, exactly what I've always preached on it, so I haven't changed none in the, in, in the last, uh, 53 years, and I'm not going to change today, so this is the same thing I preached. Every, every, every person I baptized, I, I, I preached a message like this to them. So what shall, what shall we say then? Verse 1 of chapter 6 of Romans. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Don't, don't even, don't even think that, that word, that, the Greek there for God forbid means don't even think about it. Don't even think about those things. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the, uh, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in, in likeness of death, we shall uh, be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man the, is, is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we and, and Billy Ray, that's what's going to happen. That's why you have to be buried today. That's why I told you earlier, you know, you have to be totally immersed in the water. That's what this is talking about. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. In other words, when you when you put under that water, it represents you being dead. And when you brought back up, then you... Then you're to live as, as Christ lived and lived as he lived. Now, he said in the ninth verse, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, for ye, sh- for ye should obey in it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye yourself members uh, and instruments of, the, uh, of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but you're under grace. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. We thank you for Billy Ray as he has uh, come and acknowledged the fact that he's trusted the Lord as his Savior. We believe it to be so. We believe it. that's exactly what he's done. 
And now, Lord, we pray that you'll go with us as we baptize him into the, uh, in, in, as the Lord was, as the Lord died, that he'll, he'll be represented and, and pictured as dying to sin and being resurrected to life everlasting. Lord, we're so thankful for him. We're thankful that, that you have, uh, uh, convicted him and shown him uh, what he needs to do. And Lord, we're thankful that he's done it. And Lord, I pray that you'll go with us as we, uh, as we bury him this morning in baptism. And we pray that you'll bless us in all things for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> the baptism of Billy Ray Stoddard. Uh, you know, baptism is misused and abused in modern religiosity. And it's being abused right this moment, right today, it's being abused. And I, I can give you an example of it from what I heard this morning. Baptism is misused and abused by modern religiosity. Most don't understand the meaning of baptism. And because they don't understand the meaning of baptism, they don't understand what the Bible teaches concerning baptism. An example of the misuse and abuse teaching of baptism, about baptism, comes from the catechism of the Catholic Church. Now, Jim had a question this morning to me about uh, somebody had said that King James was, wasn't was a very good person. He wasn't. King James was a ruthless man. Uh, but, but he was a, uh, he, he's the one that started the Church of England. And the Church of England is now called the Episcopal Church. And, and yeah, King James was. But King James also had a, uh, had a, uh, a group of, of translators who did nothing but translated, uh, some of the foreign languages to English. And that's exactly how we got the King James Version of the Bible, is that, that those translators, even though, not saying that King James, uh, uh, just because he was, he wasn't like we were or anything like that, what, all he did was just translate it. Now there were, t- there's places in the King James Version where he put some of the things he believed that came straight out of the, uh, of the Church of England. But, uh, but there's very, very few. And I can go through, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go through all of them. But, you know, the word Easter, uh, the word Easter has been inserted, uh, 27 times, 28 times. The word, uh, uh, the word, uh, the Greek word, uh, for, um, hmm, not going, anyway, the Greek word is, uh, 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 it was, was translated 29 times, I'll get it right now, as Passover, or 28 times as Passover. But one time, the 29th time, they inserted the word Easter. And the reason they did that is because they were believers and they were practices and they were, uh, uh, observers of what was called Easter. That is the, the resurrection of Christ, and they called it Easter. Uh, but uh, but the actual word that's translated there should be Passover. So we can see that, uh, yeah, yeah, some people have are going to criticize because they don't want to believe. You know, wh- wh- why 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 can't I use any kind of Bible I want? 
if the King James Version has got problems in it too. Well, let me tell you, folks, you're not going to find another. I've got 26 of them at home in my library, and I've got 26 uh, uh, translations of the Bible in my library. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find one that uh, that is as close to what the the the, the Greek and the Arabic taught than the King James Version of the Bible. Because what, what those translators did for that NIV and all those Bibles, what those translators did, they took their translation from the King James Version of the Bible. You have to understand that. It, it's, it's not, it wasn't a new uh, translation. It was just, they just took the things out of the King James Version of the Bible that they didn't agree with in some of them. And I, as I was telling Jim this morning that uh, in 1 John 5, there's a statement in there, and these three are one. There's no other version out of those 26 versions. And now the ESV wasn't out when, when, I, when I got this, when I did this, but it's out now, and it doesn't have it in it either. Out of those 26 versions of the Bible, none of them has got that in it. Talking about God the Father, God the Son, and these three are one. None of them has got it in it. And so you can understand, you can understand why that, uh, uh, why the, some of these versions are not. I mean, that's, to me, that's a key belief that we have as God's children. That is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. Now we've, there, there's religions out there that don't agree with that and don't believe that. They, they don't believe that to be true. Uh, they, they say they do, but they don't. Uh, and, and they don't believe, they don't believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was one. And, and it's too, the reason being is because they can't understand it. Well, do you understand it? Do I understand it? No. You don't understand, and I don't understand it either, but I believe it to be true because I believe it's taught in the Word of God that God the Father, and I do believe that Jesus Himself said that He was he, he was God. He said it in the, uh, in the, uh, in, in the Gospels. That's, that's why they took up stones to stone him and, and, and kill him because he made himself equal to God in the scriptures. And so thereby, when we talk about, uh, where all, a lot of the, uh, heresy comes from, it comes from Roman Catholicism. And, and some of these, like the Church of England, which is the Episcopal Church now, they take a lot of their teachings from, from Roman Catholicism. But he says, anyway, the, they take it from the uh, catechism of the Catholic Church. The quote states, and here, here's one of the quotes in the catechism of the Catholic Church says, in my baptism, now he, this is what they're talking about, the, the sprinkling and whatever it is they did, in my, in my baptism wherein I was made a member of Christ, a child of God, and an, an, an inheritor, I'm sorry, an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven. In my baptism. Listen, Billy Ray, that's not in your baptism day. Your baptism is going, has nothing to do, you've already trusted the Lord as your Savior, and you're already in the family of God right now. But you're not, a, you're not in the family of the church yet. 
That's what baptism is going to do. Baptism is what puts you into the family of the church. And if you go back and you study, you'll see that every time Christ mentioned that, he's talking about the church there. Same way with Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul's writing to a church here in Romans. He's writing to the Roman church. And he's teaching them the very same thing in that. So, so, um, if you, if you go to a Camelite church, you'll find they say this many times in a Camelite church that, that their baptism, when they take you in their baptismal waters, that's, that's only, that's when you become saved. Not so, Billy Ray. That's not so today. That, that has nothing to do with you being saved. You're already saved. You were saved. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, and and you're already saved, what we're going to do today is we're going to we're going to introduce you into this assembly here, and you're going to be a member of this assembly. That's why that probably this afternoon uh, we'll be uh, giving you the right hand of fellowship here at this church. In other words, you'll come up here. And everybody will go around and give you the right hand of fellowship. All those that are here will give you the right hand of fellowship. Now, there has never been a statement more contradictory to the whole tenor of God's Word. And that is the statement that says, when I'm baptized, I become a child of God. There, That's just not true. Um, this teaching was was carried from the Catholic Church over to the Methodists, the Lutherans, the Episcopalians, the Presbyterians, the Camelites, and even other Protestant religions. There are some Baptists that believe that baptism, you have to have baptism to be saved. There are some forms of Baptists out there. So there's so many different beliefs. And sometimes somewhere somebody has got to sit down and, and, and has got to harmonize them and make them what they are. And that's what I've tried to do over the years. It takes study. You, you don't you don't just come up with these things without studying. It takes study. It takes studying and takes having a great desire to want to know the truth about these things. That was me. I had a great desire. I want to know the truth about it. I, I when I was first saved, I heard preachers talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And before when I was first saved. You know, if you had if you had church on your door, I figured you was all right. That's right, I did. When I was first saved, I thought you was okay until these preachers started preaching on that Jesus only made one kind of a church. I said, I've got to study this. And, uh, and for some of you that don't remember it, I know you don't remember it because I asked you a few years back. You know, do you remember me preaching? I preached forty-two messages here. Right here, Landmark Baptist Church, I preached 42 messages on how the church got started. And I preached them every Sunday night for, for 42 Sundays. I preached a message on how, how the Lord's church got started and, and how that it has perpetuated down through the ages and down, down to us now. So you have to understand that, uh, that this has nothing to do I know that uh, Billy Ray. I know it that that you've been in, you were introduced for the Catholic Church. I do know that, but praise be unto God. I, I pray that you see the truth, and 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 you've you've come out of that. I'm thankful for that. How shall we? Jesus said in verse two, 
how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. You know, how, how do you stay away from these things? There's people right here can't stay away from these things. How do you stay away from them? How do you stay away from them if you don't believe what I'm just teaching you today? How, how, how do you stay away from them if you don't believe it? If you, if you think it's okay to do this, okay to do that, don't make a difference what the preacher says or what the Bible says, then you're wrong. It's not okay. It's not okay to do these things. You know, it's not okay to compromise the sovereignty of God with Armenians. I don't care who you are. Care who you are. It's not okay. God does not, God is not pleased with those things. And God has, God has His own chastisement for His own people. And some people might say, well, how come God don't chastise them? They may not even be saved. There's your problem right there. That's what, what was it Spurgeon just said in that, in, in that what y'all just, what you just read in the, there? What did Spurgeon say? He said, it's because they don't believe this truth. They don't believe this truth. And if you don't believe, if you don't believe the truth of the sovereignty of God, then there's a lot of things you're going to miss out on as far as you, you're going to go, you're going to go a wire. You're going to go, you're going to go wrong and, and you're going to, because, you know, once you believe, just like Spurgeon says, once you believe this truth and once this truth is embedded in you, then you won't want to sin. You won't want to do the things that some people do. You, you don't want to do those things, just like we're teaching the fear of God in Sunday school. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to fear anything else. You want to fear God and follow Him and, and, and be, be with Him. Christ died that we will, that we will be dead to sin by having borne the punishment of sin in Himself. Through baptism, we are risen with Him into a justified state and have reached a life where sin has no more dominion. We're doing, that's what you're showing here, Billy Ray. You're going to show this to these people that you, you're dead to sin. It's just, it's just a picture of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Exactly what Christ did for us, this is a picture of it. You're going to, you're going to die, you're going to be buried, and, and, and you're dead to sin, you're going to be buried, and you're going to be resurrected to the newness of life. This morning, you, you, that's what's going to happen to you here this morning. Just a picture of it. Billy Ray, yes, you're dead to sin in Christ, but for you to boast of that as, uh, as a, as a living, uh, as you live a Christian life, but be reckoning based upon a falsehood. You know, you, you don't boast, uh, to that that you don't sin anymore. You know, some people think, well, I'm dead to sin, I don't sin anymore. That's not what that means. That means that sin does not have an appeal to you. You know, um, uh, I, I made a statement many years ago. Somebody, somebody took offense to it. I made a statement several years ago. I sin all I want to. And then I stated afterwards that I said, when I, when the Lord saved me, He changed my want to her. You know. And that's what happens. Uh, yeah, you're going to sin all you want to, but your want to has been changed. You're not going to want to sin. You're not going to want to sin. You know, a lot of people sin just because the Bible says we're all sinners. That's no excuse. 
I don't care who you are. That's no excuse. That's no excuse to sin just because you, you know in the Bible your pastor teaches that all of us are sinners. I've said it many times before. All of us are sinners, but you don't have to prove it. You don't have to go out and sin and prove that you're a sinner. The Bible doesn't say anything about proving that you're a sinner. It just says all of us still have sin in our depraved nature that we keep. You don't, that depraved nature, it will go to the grave someday. And you'll have that depraved nature. So the fact is, there is no man, the Bible says in 1 John 1 and verse 8, there is no man that sinneth not. To reckon you uh, are dead to sin in the scriptural sense is a benefit to heart and life. Just consider this. Now, I've got eight things I want you to listen to here, and then we're going to baptize you. Eight things I want you to listen to here. First of all, it, contain, it, it continues to be an outlaw in a body, talking about sin. Now, we're talking about you may be dead to sin, but I'm going to tell you, this is there. This is there. It's there. It's right there. It continues to be an outlaw in the body, hiding away in your depraved nature. Secondly, it remains a plotter against you, planning to overthrow you at any time. We're talking about sin that's still here. Sin that's still here. It's going to, it's going to haunt you. It's going to haunt you from the rest of your life. The sin's going to haunt you. What was it? Apostle Paul said, that which I do, that I don't want to do, then that which I, I don't want to do, I do it. And those type of things, that's going to, that's going to haunt you the rest of your life. But, but you've got to realize that, that you can, you can get away from it and you can stay away from it. Uh, it, it remains an enemy that is sin, warring against the law of your mind. It remains a tyrant, constantly worrying and oppressing the believer's life. It, 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 its field of battle is the body, not the soul. Your soul is saved. Your soul can never sin again. But, but, but it, it always appeals to the body. You, everything out there you see appeals to the body. I watch commercials on TV that appeal to the body. I watch, I watch commercials about uh, places that people go to, they appeal to the body. They don't, they, they don't appeal to the soul, they appeal to the body. And, and that's why people fall into this. That's why they think it's okay. You know, just because they appeal to the body. We, we got to realize God has not saved this body. You got to drag these dead bodies around the rest of your life. Your body's dead. It's dead right now. Just as sure as you're standing here, I'll be 76 years old in about four months, four or five months. I'll be 76 years old and, and, and I, I'm as dead at, at when I, if I live, if I stay in this life to be 76 years old, I'll be as dead as I've ever been. Ever, as, e, as each year goes by, you just become more dead. What, what are you marching toward? What have every one of you marching toward today? You're marching toward the grave. You'll say, well, if the Lord comes back, then he'll take care of all that, and he will. But until he comes back, you're marching to the grave. Every one of you here, you might say, well, this pretty body I got, I, I can't imagine it being, it's going to the grave. If the Lord doesn't come back, if you're saved, the Lord comes back and raptures you, then you're not, you're not going to have to go face the grave, which will be wonderful. But that's, that's not always going to happen.
You can't, you can't do that. There, there's a sect of people out there in Wyoming right now, right now. There's a sect of people out there in Wyoming saying that in, in June of this year, the Lord's going to come back. And so they're out there waiting on Him now. They're out there waiting on Him now. People out, people have sold their, they've sold their houses. I don't know what they're doing with the money. They've sold their houses. They've sold their goods. They've gotten rid of them and they're waiting until June comes. Until the Lord comes back. Well, that's a bunch of hogwash. They don't know that. The Lord may come back in June, but it's not because they know it. Because the Lord, the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour the Lord's going to come back. So they don't know. I mean, it just may happen, but that's been several times. There's a book came out several years ago that the, that, uh, uh, that the Lord was going to come back uh, in, uh, I think it was in November of, I can't remember when it was, 2019 something. People went out, we got, we got a church member went out and bought the book. Went out and bought the book because they showed it to me. That they bought it. Let me tell you folks, you can be drawn away by those things right there. If you quit listening to the Word of God, you quit listening to what the Word of God, if you, if you have no interest in what the Word of God teaches, then it's time for you to just jump up and take off and go. If you have no interest in what the Word of God teaches. And there's a lot of Christians today, called so-called Christians today, that have no interest in what the Word of God teaches. All they're interested in is, is what my mama said, what my daddy said, what my aunt says, what my sister says, what my brother-in-law says, what this and says, what that one says, what that one says. You know, I can, you know, I, I can listen, I could listen to my mom, who wasn't saved until after I was saved. I could listen to my dad, who wasn't saved after I was saved, and there's no telling what I'd get. I mean, if I'd listened to my mom, I'd be worshiping a picture today. My mom, my mom told me that those pictures could see me and could determine whether Satan's going to come down on me or not. She'd tell us boys that. And like I said, I'd low crawl through that, I'd low crawl through that room to keep that pictures from seeing me. Last thing I needed on that night was for the devil to come down on me. Cause he had already had a hold of me all, all night long. I didn't need him to come down and get a hold of me anymore. Let me tell you folks, number six, it causes pain, it causes suffering, it causes affliction, and it, and eventually causes death. That's what sin does. Oh, they, some people don't agree with that either. Some people don't agree with that, that, that death is a result of sin. Oh, my, my loved one didn't sin. No, they didn't sin. Well, it's, it's not what that's saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because of Adam and Eve's sin, then sin is, rules death. That's what, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. You know, that's why God was so hard on Eve, told Eve that, that she was, she was going to bear children. You know what's supposed to happen to Eve? She's supposed to die. The minute she disobeyed God. A lot of people, you know, should die this minute to disobey God. But they don't because God has other uses for them. 
That's God's business. That's not my business. It causes pain, suffering, affliction, death, and, and it can cause impatience and other terrible faults. The seventh thing is its pleasures can readily lead to sin. That's, that's what sin is. It's pleasure. It's ple- pleasing this body, pleasing what this body has. You know, what this body has. And lastly, its influence upon the mind and the spirit can drag down to worshiping materialism of earth. And that's, that's where a lot of people have gone. They worship material. They worship the clothes they wear. They worship the, the makeup they put on. They worship the way they, uh, the clone they wear. They worship according to all these things. You know, and let me tell you folks, that's not what we worship. Let me tell you that there's no one any dirtier in body than the thief on the cross. He had committed murder. He had committed terrible sins. And while, while Jesus was there, while, while he was, he was put on, and, and I believe he was put on a cross, a cross tie. I believe Jesus died on a pole. But at any rate, Jesus told him, said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. A dirty man. Dirty sinner. But just in an instant, just like that, the Lord said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Without baptism. He was never baptized. He went to be with the Lord. So that, that goes show you right there, the baptism. Turn with me to, uh, i got one verse here I want to turn to, Mark. Book of Mark, the 16th chapter. And I'm going to read this, and then we're going to, we're going to get up here, and me and Billy Ray's going to drown. But, but at any rate, uh, we, we're going to get up here. Um, in, in, uh, 16th chapter of Mark, and in the sixteenth verse, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. It don't matter if you got baptism. If you haven't believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to heaven. That's what that's saying there. He that believeth not shall be damned. No matter if he has baptism. He that believeth not shall be damned. You know, if, if you're not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you're going to be damned. Just as sure as you're sitting there and I'm standing here, you're going to be damned. All right, let's get ready. Billy Ray, let's get ready. And uh, I'll...